You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do when you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 45 and 8A Madness Day 4. And we got a going to be an easy day talking about one of the most loaded positions. But first, we're going to introduce Mr. Jacob Hillman on his second time on the show. It's a, it is number two. Hillman, how you Only doing? Only number two? I've, for whatever reason, I thought this was number three. Yeah, number two. Yeah, uh, I'm we, doing well, though. It's 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 been a fun week so far leading up to 8A and and a big weekend on the Plains, uh, Auburn baseball as well, with the Frank Thomas statue unveiling. So looking forward to an exciting week. Uh, should weekend be, here on the should be a ton of fun, Hillman. We're, we're excited. As long as that rain will hold off, we'll, we'll Man, see what happens. Fingers are crossed. Fingers are crossed, but I, we'll see. Mr. Locke, how are you today before we get, get things un- underway? Oh, well, you know, um, it's always a good day to get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. So uh, doing pretty good. 
That's excellent. And uh, for the two, two, two of the three or three of the four of us on the show right now are golf enthusiasts. I'll go ahead and let you guys know, don't bet Scotty Scheffler. I just got him eight to one um, a couple of days ago because I'm an idiot. So he will not win the Masters. Let's talk Auburn football. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not joking. Well, you the long pause there. I was like, well, are you trying to pull no, it off? This, this, this wasn't a bit. I I, I bet on Scotty yeah. Scheffler, and that means he will not win the Masters. Well, that's true. That's no matter what you bet, bet the opposite of Harrison Tarr. It's uh, <laughs> Lindsay's locks and uh, Tarr's bad takes. Tarr's terrible takes. Yeah, Tarr's terrible takes. There we go. There's the alliteration I was looking for. But, yeah, we're talking Auburn football all the time, 24-7, 365. It's what everyone wants to hear about. And – I Hey, you can get that get that sarcastic thumbs up away. We're talking about the running. Back. I was being sincere. BS. We are there is no back. part of this team that should concern any Auburn fan. <laughs> running backs: Jarquez Hunter, Damari Alston, Jeremiah Cobb. When he gets on the field or gets on campus, that is Brian Batie, Sean Jackson. This running back room goes five deep, and it will continue to do so, especially with Jamarion Burnett coming on to the plains. Fat season, fat Burnett, of course. So, Hillman, what have you been hearing about this running back room from Hugh Freeze and coaches like Cadillac and whatnot? Well, the, the most notable thing I've heard is Coach Freeze talk about how this is one of the best running back rooms he's ever coached. And, and obviously at Ole Miss, he didn't have these loaded running back rooms or anything like that. But back in his time as an assistant in Ole Miss, he coached guys like Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis and Dexter McCluster. So that that is saying something for sure. And and I think a surprise name to look out for is Brian Batty. I think the transfer from South Florida really has a chance to uh, play a major role this season in the Auburn offense. Obviously, Jarquez Hunter is your number one guy. That That is going to happen. But obviously, last year with Damari Olsen getting carries here and there throughout the season uh, when, when possible, you thought he would step into that number two role. I'm not sure that's going to happen immediately. I think Brian Batty is really – uh, stepping up as a number two guy and uh, he's more than a change of pace guy he, he's smaller and a lot of people compared him to Ontario McCaleb uh, from back in the early 2010s I think he's I think he's a little bit more than that immediately off the bat I think he has a chance to really be able to run between the tackles and obviously his his kickoff returning ability is, is something special and I, I think he has a really big chance to impact this team this season I kind of want to follow you up there, Hillman, as, as we go into A-Day. You mentioned that he has a lot of potential to actually be a contributing factor of this Auburn offense in 2023. We do expect him to be on that kick return unit as well. I would expect him to be the starter. And there are other guys on this roster that uh, have been doing that recently. Javarius Johnson, one of them. And I think that it it's one of those things where it's, it's not a knock on him at all. But Batty is just – he was named to the all-conference team – in the AAC the last few years because of that ability. And that that's nothing to slide at at all, even though it is just the AAC. Like, he is a really good kick returner and knows how to find the lanes. And obviously, a lot of kick returns now are just touchbacks. But when he gets the opportunity to showcase the speed and, and, and showcase the All-American ability that he has that as a kickoff returner, it's going to be dynamic. It's going to be electric. How does he win the – I'm sorry to cut you off here, Dylan. I promise I'll stop hogging Hillman after this. But how does he kind of prove himself to the Auburn fan base? A lot of people don't know who Brian Batie is. He kind of slipped between the cracks in large uh, in between a handful of pretty big-time transfers. It was one of those moments where it was a flooded day and everyone's like, oh, that's cool, moving on to the next guy. And, and, and it's tough 
when you're brought in and most people look and say, okay, here's his background. He's going to be a returner. Okay, great. That's what he is. You think he can really fit into this Auburn offense. How does he, I guess, win the Auburn fan base over on Saturday, barring the rain, but but what does a successful A-Day look like for him? Well, the, the big thing on Saturday is that it's going to be, Coach Freeze has talked about it, it's going to be a pretty vanilla offense. They're not going to showcase their, their their best plays or anything like that. Going into the season, you want to be able to surprise folks and keep the defense off balance. Coach Philip Montgomery, the offensive coordinator, talked about that as well this week in his media availability. And it, it's so important to do that. And Brian Batty is the ultimate. I say he's not just a change of pace back, but he is also that. And uh, he rushed for 1,100 yards last year at USF. And that USF team wasn't all that. So him being able to do that on a team like that. and They went 1-11. Right. Yeah. They were not good. And uh, they were bad. Think, you can say it. Like, yeah, they were, they were That's an they objective were statement. <laughs> so he he's one of those guys that when he gets an opportunity, it could be a dynamic. It could be an explosive play, whatever it is. And Jarquez Hunter, it feels like he's been that way behind Tank Bigsby the last few years. Some of those um, reverse sweeps that Auburn would run with him. And I, I thought some, some of the most explosive plays from the Auburn offense last year were Jarquez Hunter plays him making something happen or something designed for him. And I think Brian Betty is going to be the same way where he, when he's given the ball, it's going to be in a creative and dynamic way that allows him to use his speed and, and just use his agility. Yeah. And you bring up the kickoff returns. I mean, Jarquez Hunter has been seeing a lot, a lot of his right. last season were on kick return. So maybe getting Brian Betty in kind of limits Jarquez Hunter tiring himself out and you bring up the dark was big playability. He does have the longest rushing touchdown in Auburn history. Uh, and I think that was against Alabama state. That's mm -hmm. not or there running 97 yards is pretty good. No matter who you're playing against, but when the, we talk about eight a lot, but I'm going to bring up Jeremiah Cobb because he's going to be playing very soon. Is there a chance that we see a kickoff return backfield that is going to be Brian Batie and Jeremiah Cobb both battling out for kick returns? Absolutely, because when when you have those young guys, that, that is one of the best ways to give them an opportunity because uh, it's it's not major plays in a game at times. Like, obviously, it can be become a major play in the game, but it, it's just good for them to get in the flow of the game, learn the college game, and, and showcase their athletic ability and their fresh legs. When going back to Jarquez Hunter, him not having to return kickoffs, I think it's talked about a lot with coaching staffs and and among analysts and whatever about not wanting your best offensive playmaker to be back returning kicks, taking that beating, uh, uh, hurt, you know, fatiguing their legs and whatever. Having Jarquez Hunter 100% ready to go on the first play of every series where you, you can run between the tackles, you can run them outside, and you can do it five or six times in a row if it's working, that is going to be a major plus for this team. And, and, and again, it's not just because you're doing that. It's because Mateen Cobb are dynamic in uh, running in the field. And it's all about the blocking on kickoff returners as well, but they got to find those lanes. And, and and also I think that can help them in the future because finding running lanes from the running back position is obviously difficult. And you can learn from the vision you see on a kickoff return. It's a little bit easier to do, obviously, but I think that's kind of what you want to see is your young running backs and wide receivers back returning kickoffs. Daniel, the floor is yours, my man. So, Hillman, 
I went and spoke with our good friend, former interim head coach, Cadillac Williams, yesterday. Good and friend. he had some very, very interesting things to say about Sean Jackson. He said, and I quote, that is a good pass blocker. So uh, do you do you see that kind of being his primary role in this offense? Because, you know, like, like Dylan said, this this room's five deep. Right. So there's just there aren't carries to go around for everyone. So do you think that Sean Jackson's purpose will be to mainly pass block? Yeah, I, I definitely think it can be. And he he's also a athletic enough guy and big enough guy that you can do other things with him. He, he can go in and be a decoy when teams aren't going to when they see him. For example, Malik Miller a few years ago on this Auburn team. When he was in the game, you knew Auburn was throwing the football. But I think Sean Jackson has a unique running ability where if it's if it's third down and three or so, you can hand him the football and he has a chance to, to make something happen. But, yeah, his size, his frame is perfect for pass blocking. And, and really, I think that's important for this quarterback room because – they're probably not as comfortable yet uh, behind the O-line that's still improving and trying to figure things out. But having an experienced pass blocker standing next to you, that can that can make a whole difference in the world and help these guys, uh, you know, be patient and, and look through their progressions and, and do things that maybe they were rushing through this past season when they knew that they had to get rid of the ball in half a second. Now you get that extra half second and things are – much smoother and easier the game slows down what you what you want the quarterbacks to do is the game to slow down in front of them and and an elite running back pass blocker is something that can help with yeah hillman i think you're the one guy in this in the auburn media area that can pull out random players just as much as i could (laughs) i've I've not thought about malik miller in like three or four years (laughs) well hey he's a good pass catcher too remember that uh, touchdown catch he had in the iron bowl in 2018 on a little wheel route that Look, he 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 made big plays, and if Sean Jackson can fill that role, he can make an impact like that as well. Hillman, uh, you're 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 an encyclopedia of Auburn, is what Dylan just said. That's the highest praise from Tank Talks football. Uh, so you don't don't wear that badge lightly. <laughs> the, the mantra of what we've been discussing to this point, and we're talking Auburn running backs here on the College Loop. Uh, we're we're talking about Auburn going five deep. Damari Alston had some really, really promising touches last year and and, and some really encouraging uh, carries. He's going to be put in a position that I don't know that a lot of people are talking about, or I haven't, I've heard about it a little bit, but I, I, I think that it's important we discuss. You can't take touches away from Jeremiah Cobb this fall. You just can't. How does Damari Alston, and, and I try to tie everything back into A-Day, I know it's a glorified scrimmage. I get it. It's a scrimmage with an eagle flight. I I understand with with the now, chance of now, Randy, first first year with an eagle flight. By the way, hey, listen, new new year, new new Auburn. All right, under <laughs> under, under 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 coach head head coach who who freeze. How does Damari Alston and and it really starts in spring ball and he's going to have to work his tail off this summer and 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 bust ass for all intents and purposes this fall camp. How does he fend off Jeremiah Cobb if that's even possible? Uh, to to keep his touches. I know that you could always run the registered option with Jeremiah Cobb, but I think he's too talented to keep him off the field. What does this look like for Damari Alston? Well, and it, it, it it's fine because again, Jeremiah Cobb isn't on campus yet. So we haven't, we don't really know yet. And, and this is still Alston's time to to prove himself as this reliable backup running back behind Jarquez Hunter. And, and again, I, going back to Batiz's, we don't know what the depth chart's going to look like, and I don't think it matters, quite frankly. I think 
he might be the sure. second one off the the first one off the bench behind Hunter. But again, if Austin is running the ball well, he's finding lanes and he knows how to run the football, he's gonna get his touches. And you can almost get it into a spot where, yeah, Batty can do more than than be a change of pace guy. But if he is exclusively that and a kick return guy, then you're hitting every facet of the running game, where it's the power running game with uh, with Austin and Hunter, and then them also just doing whatever they want. And then Matisse coming in and running on the outside on jet sweeps or misdirection. Having all those options available are obviously going to help. Jeremiah Cobb, again, he's not on campus yet. So right now they're that's in the back of their minds of, all right, we're going to have four really solid running backs and then Sean Jackson who can come in and pass block. How are we going to split these carries up and and keep everyone happy, but also make sure that this team is is running the ball the best way it can? And I, I think certainly giving everyone a shot early on is going to be your best case at that because who knows? And it could also, and here's another thing. It, it could be who has the hot hand. You ride the hot hand, you know, one week, uh, Damari Austin might have a big drive where he runs for 40-something yards on it. And then so, all right, next week, we're going to give you a few more carries, and then he goes out and runs for 100 yards. But then also in that game, you, you, you have Jeremiah Cobb have a couple carries that are really big. So you give him extra carries the next week. It's just you, you make sure that you mix and match. And, and, again, it's about keeping the defenses off balance. And, and this year, I think that's going to be one of the things that Auburn can do because you don't have any superstars on that side of the ball that you can think of. Jarquez Hunter is, is the superstar. And, and it's one of those things that teams don't look at him like a tank Bigsby. So not really knowing who the go-to guy is yet on the Auburn offense can be played to its advantage. Well, I wish we had the, the soundboard right now, Dylan, because then we could have cued the, you just played yourself and uh, walked right into the next conversation that, that, that we're, we're inevitably going to have. And I know you've been looking forward to this ever since we hit record, since I dropped that bomb on you right before we hit the record button. We don't know who's going to be taking snaps for Auburn in 2023. And we've been talking quarterbacks with everybody, and and uh, you're not special. You're just next, Hillman. I don't know if you've heard that that, that phrase before. Plenty of times. Uh, I'm kidding. It's always a, always a privilege to be talking ball with you, my man. But there's a three-person race. I'll say three-person race. Uh, for for starting quarterback uh, for for Auburn plus a potential transfer and the baby goat Hank Four. Brown, Four. who's not on campus yet. That's why I said he'll be Hank Brown starting. Hank Brown, baby goat, correct? This start love, love me some Hank Brown. Holden Gurner, welcome to the Holden Gurner prop, propaganda campaign. I am your your campaign president. Uh, Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley are all going to be able to kind of showcase where they're at and how they progressed this spring on Saturday. And uh, Dylan and I said it earlier today on the Auburn Daily Show, you may as well just call this one the quarterback poll. Because all eyes, per usual, will be on the quarterback position. What have you heard about the state around the program? Who's impressed you the most? Uh, have you, who have you heard has been impressing the most people that matter? You and I, quite frankly, we don't matter. We're not making the decisions. Right. But but where, where's your head at when someone says Auburn quarterbacks other than let me reach for another glass of whiskey? Well, the the positive is the, the last week there's been positive developments according to Coach Freeze and offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery and, and and how they have come along and obviously and he and, and Coach Freeze said is he doesn't want to sound like he's just being negative towards the quarterbacks on campus now because he's not he's. He, he's just telling me the truth, and that's what he's trying to do is 
uh, limited expectations a little bit because he knows where this team is at and and he doesn't want everyone to look at say an eight day game on Saturday and something and, and maybe you have a great performance and that that's that's great and all but you don't want that to overtake things and you get ahead of yourself now what I've heard is that there's more consistency in the last week or so um, of spring practice with these quarterbacks and and guys impressing or in, including Holden Gurner that. Uh, ever since that pro day, when he threw next to Cam Newton to the guys like Shedrick Jackson and Kalen Newton and, and and John Samuel Shanker and other guys that are trying to impress pro scouts, just something clicked with him and and he can't he's come out and he's he's been really good lately. So to really have guys continue to step up it, it is important for this quarterback room because obviously again we don't we have zero idea who the starter might be come fall and come he might fall. not be on campus. Exactly. And, and and that's another point is that regardless of what happens on Saturday or who impresses most coming out of spring ball, I think you you, you have to go get a quarterback just for depth's sake. And uh, it's really going to be interesting to see when we get to fall camp exactly who's being talked about the most and, and really what kind of praise is being given by the coaches and offensive coordinator. Hey, if you need another quarterback, you should, Court Sandberg's got to have eligibility, right? So I, I wouldn't know. be shocked at all. Did he, is, he, is he not in minor league baseball again? Yeah, you're. I, who who's to say at this point? It is also important to remember before I, I I cut the other guys loose. Just for everyone listening back home or watching on YouTube, if you are like subscribing, ring the bell. Anyways, just have to throw that one in there. Uh, we're not going to name a starting quarterback on Sunday, folks. That's just not going to happen. And and I, I've seen a lot of people talking crazy like we are. I'm not saying I know better than anyone. That's not what I'm I'm, I'm hinting at here. I'm just telling you right now, there is a 0.0% chance that we have a freaking clue who's going to play quarterback for Auburn after Saturday. A-Day is, as we've mentioned a time and time again, a glorified scrimmage with an eagle flight. So something to just just to keep on the back burner for everybody before you go and overreact. And, and I will be the leader of the charge for the overreaction. So don't call me a hypocrite. Uh, I will be feeding you the Holden Gurner propaganda if he does well. And I'll be telling you the game doesn't matter uh, if he doesn't. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be the leader of that of that charge. Gentlemen, go right ahead. Yeah, you talk about how uh, each one has been uh, improving the spring. Uh, went to Hugh Freeze's press conference on Monday. And he brought up what each quarterback has been improving on the most. Uh, Robbie Ashford's pocket pocket presence. He's been quieter uh, with his feet. Uh, TJ Finley playing within the system. He just sometimes it wouldn't, it shouldn't have shown, he shouldn't have thrown it, but he did. And uh, now he's improved on that. And of course, Holden Jarner is accuracy, preferably on the deep ball throws. But when, with Tar's positivity towards Holden Jarner, comes my positivity towards. Here Robert. comes the Ashford propaganda. I've been. On the Asher train since 8 a.m. last year, Tar decided to hop off. So I didn't say. Never mind. Uh, Kevin, I'm not. Get, I'm not getting into this with you. Not right now. 2016 Kevin Durant is over here on my left. That is such bull. That is. <laughs> go ask the question. So, what are you expecting to see from Robbie Ashford, and why is it that he should be, trust his offensive line a little bit more? Well, you're right. It's all about the pocket presence with Robbie and. And because we know he can throw a pretty ball, we know what he can do with his feet. He he is special running the football, and 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 we're gonna we'll continue to see that. I think even if he's not the starting quarterback, if he's still on this Auburn roster, you will see him on the field because of his running ability. And for him to become more comfortable in the pocket behind an offensive line that is becoming more consistent, 
is going to do wonders for him. And I think that Robbie is one of those guys that you're going to see, you're going to have to see improvement throughout the season. And we saw that last year when he came in and he began to start games. And at first it was all right. You, you see the flashes, but I think towards the end of the year, even that Alabama game, I thought he looked pretty dang good. That throw to Javarius Johnson, those, those touchdown runs, he just looked really good. He looked like he was in command of the offense and he really uh, understood his role and not trying to do too much and, and, and trusting his other guys. And, and I think that will continue to happen. And I, you know, you mentioned TJ and throwing to the system. I think that goes for Robbie as well a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's more about the offensive line in front of him and the pressure and how he avoids it, but absolutely trusting the play call and, and, and the routes his receivers are running or whatever that can help him in the long run for sure. Absolutely. Daniel, did you want to expand on, on, on the Ashford uh, development? Yeah, why not? So kind of obviously, you know, spring ball isn't really a great time to scout a guy who makes his money with his feet, right? Because, you know, you can't hit him. Mm -hmm. So you can't really, you aren't really able to see what exactly he can do. While on the flip side, you know, a guy like TJ is made for spring ball where he doesn't have to worry about moving. Uh, he can just stand there and throw the football. So do you think that's kind of why Robbie hasn't necessarily looked fantastic so far? I think that's that's very possible. And, and I would – and I don't think anyone's really saying it as much. I don't – as far as Robbie not looking fantastic, I think it's more so he hasn't made any major strides since the end of last season. And – and that's okay as long as he is continuing to show initiative and improve a little bit here and there and find more consistency, which is what Coach Freeze has been looking for is consistency. Then, then things are going to be okay because I agree with that point that this isn't your typical, like, for a running quarterback, this is not how you're going to showcase yourself. This is not how you're going to show when you're at your best. And Robbie's at his best when he's having to make guys miss. That's what we know right now. But I think he still has the opportunity to show that he can really, really uh, 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 complete passes and, and, and do things well just from standing in the pocket and not having to scramble for his life. So I, I think that spring ball is not the best thing for him, as in it doesn't do much for him other than help him improve that pocket presence and uh, just go through drills to improve his throwing technique or whatever it might be. Um but I think that we'll see more towards fall camp uh, what Robbie Ashford is about, and especially those first three games, I think, especially with a couple of games, the non-conference games that aren't uh, that are lower division. And then at Cal, who you, you can go out and you can get. Absolutely. Uh, some room for growth and, and all eyes will be on the quarterbacks not just this weekend, but as we as we grow closer to and get into the 2023 season, Hillman. That's a, we appreciate you talking football with us. Can I put you on the spot real quick? Go for it. Little Auburn baseball. Something to put a little smile on your face. Okay. Um, gentlemen, I know that, I know that this is on our typical rundown, but let's, let's be honest here. There's no, no better guy for Auburn diamond sports than who we've got right here with us right now. And, and Hillman, I, I wanted to get your thoughts. You get you, you, Auburn, Auburn baseball, Butch and the boys fall in the bottom of the ninth to UAB last night. And, and, and you're preparing for, let's just call a spade a spade. Not an easy task at home this weekend against Texas A&M. 
Where's Auburn baseball at right now? What's going on with, with that pitching staff and, and, and how do they get back on track to compete? Uh, first, it's it's about finding the confidence for this pitching staff. I mean, there you can't talk about anything else without that. And also, Tuesday night, you're at UAB against a Casey Dunn-led team that Auburn's never, never played well against Casey Dunn. The record against him when he was at Stanford wasn't great. And it, it's just kind of funny how that's followed him to UAB. And, and, it, and it is what it is. I think last year, Auburn didn't lose a single midweek game all year, which is an incredible feat in and was part of why Auburn was able to host the regional last year. Now this year, uh, you, you do go and lose that game, and, and and you're looking at this pitching staff wondering, all right, you need a few extra arms that are able to come in. You trust right now Will Cannon, you trust uh, Tommy Vale, and you trust John Armstrong out of the bullpen. Other than that, though, I'm not sure where where I look and say, if I need a few outs, I know I can go to that guy. And I thought I thought some guys like Herbert Holes looked solid on Tuesday night. Heck, we saw Tommy Sheehan for the first time this season. That that is a massive, massive addition to this pitching staff. Um, after being out last year, he ended the year. I mean, unreal. He 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 struggled early on, and then we got to the postseason play, and he was almost your most important reliever, especially in that College World Series win against Stanford. So getting him back, I think, is going to add a it's going to add an interesting dynamic. He's obviously not ready to start right now, but he could end up being that third starter other than uh, Cannon and Vale. So I think that it's all about finding the confidence though. They want so many guys over the weekend, especially on, uh, on Sunday at Florida, that cannot happen. That, that is, that's how you lose games and, and you cost a great offensive game from, 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 from your hitters. And I think that really, you're in a spot where you have to trust those guys that you that you know you can trust and really bank on them and have them lead the charge for the other guys that are still just trying to find it. They're a young team. And think about two years ago, again, I, this is – you don't want to – this isn't me saying give up on the season right now and look for it next year. But you look two years ago, Trace Bright, Mason Barnett, Hayden Mullins, Carson Skipper, Blake Burkhalter, they weren't – anything crazy that season but then last year they come out and they played phenomenally and I, I really think that uh the struggles right now will really help these guys in the future whether it's this season or past that I don't disagree Hillman and and I don't I'm not writing this team off for the postseason just yet to be completely honest with you I'm not ready to, to do that the offense can be there and, and, and can be there at least 65 70 percent of the time which should win you a hand every right. series <laughs> if you can just figure out what's going on on the rotation now daniel i'm gonna throw you a lob here and see if we can dunk on hillman one more time and and, and make the most of our time with him go right ahead buddy so jacob obviously alvin picked up the series win over missouri this weekend uh, believe that <laughs> miss this weekend in softball if you want to include yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> i figured that one out when um, i said missouri you know that because uh, you were there because, um, yeah, I know you were there because I saw you there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so kind of, you know, a series that some things went right. Obviously, Maddie Pinta, exclamation point, um, offense, period. Um, and then now they have to go play at Florida, who's not what they normally are, but still right. not bad. 
So what do you think the key to Auburn picking up two out of three there is? Well, it, it, it starts with the offense and really something sparking for them. And I thought we saw that spark on Friday night when the Tigers hit four home runs, Bree Ellis, Aspen Godwin, and Aubrey Lizzie and Denver Bryant, all four hitting home runs in that game. And I think it, it's the second time this year Auburn's hit four home runs in the game. It's only the first time the Tigers have done it in an in a, in a SEC game since like 2016 when – there are some pretty big names on that 2016 team that went to the World Series. So seeing that, I I had a lot of confidence going forward in the weekend of, all right, well, let's see this lineup hit consistently and, and really explode for some runs and do it in different ways. But obviously we didn't see that. We did see them score in a different way on Sunday, obviously, just manufacturing a run uh, with the base running. But you want to see more than one hit that you did on Sunday. And it, yeah. it's really going to have to start with the top of the lineup, I think, because on that Friday night, it was all the five, six, seven, eight hitters, Ellis, Godwin, uh, Bryant, and Lisenby. They were hitting in those spots on Friday night. Nelia Peralta, Lindsey Garcia, and, and Carly McCondishy, whoever's hitting in those one, two, three spots, Jesse Blaine, you need to see them be, be more consistent for that, for that back half of the lineup when they keep slugging the ball, because uh, having runners on base is just so important in, in this game, and uh, it can cause chaos. And when you're facing the pitching that you're going to this weekend, and Coach Dean talks about it, how it is very similar to what we saw with the Rebels this past weekend. So a lot of it's, it, they're ground ball pitchers. They're not going to strike you out a ton, but you have to select your pitches smartly. And if you don't, you're just going to ground out 20 times in a weekend, and that that you can't do that. Big matchup for Auburn softball. Need to get back. I uh, need to continue the role that they're on within the conference, rather. And no better guy to talk ball with us, especially Auburn athletics, than Mr. Jacob Hillman. Hillman, let everybody know where they can find you, love you, support you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU, and we'll have our 8-day broadcast this Saturday at 1 o'clock Central. They're starting the action at 1.20 Central. So we'll have a little bit of pregame. Andy Bertram, Jason Campbell, Paul Ellen, Will Herring on the call this Saturday. Very exciting stuff. Hillman, thank you for joining us. Thank you for letting us put you on the spot. Gentlemen, we're going to get out of here real quick. Daniel, you'll start it. We'll bring it around. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. You can read my written work at one of six outlets. Take your pick. The Opelika Observer, the Auburn Wire. Whenever Harrison Tarr can't fulfill his duty, just kidding. Uh, every now and then I fill in uh, for Tarr over at the Auburn Daily or any Auburn student media outlet. I am Harrison Tarr, at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. You can find my written work at the Auburn Daily, theauburndaily.com. You can listen to more of my podcasting work at the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday with Dylan Lark, every Friday with Lindsey Crosby. You can also find me right here on the College Loop every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And if you want to listen to a little bit of play-by-play -play action for Mercer University Athletics here in Macon, Georgia, you can listen to me on ESPN, uh, ESPN Plus, excuse me. And I'll be on the call next weekend as the Mercer Bears take on the ET Eastern Tennessee State University. That'll be Friday and Saturday. I'm on the color call for both of those on ESPN Plus, so check all that out there. Yeah, check it out if you want to hear more about Wild Pickles. So I hate you. Catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw. And, of course, we had a show come out yesterday on Wednesday, me and Harrison Tarr. If you're not quite tired of the A-Day conversation just yet. And you can't be. I'm Dylan Lark, at your boy the tank on Twitter. That's at Y-A-B-O-Y, the tank. And follow the College Loop literally everywhere. If you want to listen, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and social medias. You got us on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But Hillman, 
we're not on MySpace, so don't try to find us on there. And with all that's where I was going next. <laughs> in the College Week podcast.